so uh brandon we've stumbled yep. on to uh an actual agenda for all of our shows we start off with our cold opening then we do like what we're geeking on then we do stupid news and then we do our our whatever if it's going to be like we're going to fix something or if we have conspiracy <laughs> we after this is 78 79 after 70 right. some 70 some empty squat episodes we finally have a fucking format for our show Does, you know how's how does that make you feel how does that make you feel the, you know it, it's <laughs> it's that old podcast and chestnut you know after 79 you hit your stride and figure out what you're doing so <laughs> i'm not surprised and if you don't mind me i'm gonna just take a step back and just take a little stretch in a bend because i think i earned it uh i actually i have some camera news brandon chalmers um holy shit yes wait hang on jamie noguchi <sighs> yeah coming in from sky high <laughs> chopper five sky jamie high. noguchi with the hot camera chat Jamie Noguchi, man on the street, man in the field, man in my heart, <laughs> man in between the sheets. Jamie Noguchi, tell me about that hot, hot camera talk. Uh, so you know how we've been talking about how Sony and Canon and Panasonic have come out with software for their cameras to interface them with your computer like a webcam? Ad nauseum. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I, I found out why Olympus ain't doing it. Uh, I, I, I found out why. I, I found out why, Brandon. I found out why. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're they're going out of business. Uh. Well, they are selling their camera division to uh. a a liquidation company. <laughs> oh. So there's a. Are you familiar with the the Sony Vio now Vio brand? Yes. Yeah. 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 I. I so yeah. when Sony was trying to trying to make computers, um, they were wildly successful. No. So no. They, they, they sold off that branch of their business to a Japanese firm. Right. And that okay. firm continued to sell Vios under the name Vio, just selling cheap-ass parts and shit computers that just kind of shat all over the brand. The mm -hmm. company that took over for Sony Vio is the same company that Olympus is selling their, their interchangeable camera division to. So the speculation, the, there, there are a couple of people who are of a couple of minds of it, that, that they're going for a quick sale and they're going to sell it off to another company, like maybe they're going to consolidate with Panasonic. Good money is that they're just going to run it into the ground and Olympus is going to be no more. <laughs> God damn it. So uh, a while ago, I, I remember I saw a report that said that Micro Four Thirds is dead. I don't know if it's dead, but one of their major players is definitely going out to pasture, and uh, they might be taking it out to the, the barn. Um, now, what I don't know is... All right. Yeah, now, now what I don't know is what this means for uh, lens prices, because... If if there are a bunch of companies, if there are a bunch of camera stores that are trying to, you know, pump and dump, like dump all their Olympus stock, you may be able to get your your dream lens for a good discount. Maybe. Jamie, here's the problem. <laughs> now, now here's here's a couple problems. 
One, my dream lens retails at $1,300. <laughs> Two, knowing that and knowing where they're probably going to end up makes me question whether or not I should be looking into unloading my camera. <laughs> um, well, because I mean, reality is it's, it's cool and everything, but if the best way to put this one of my favorite cars that i ever owned was a saab now if anybody oh, yeah. knows anything about saab they're weird and they're quirky and you know they're they're relatively well made and they were handed off to a lot of different owners yeah like saab stopped making like just cars as saab in the 80s and the one that i had was a 95 and at that point Saab Saab was owned by General Motors before that they were owned by Ford and essentially what would happen is Saab would be like well we want to make a car that if something bad happens like a rollover people won't die and GM's like okay but we want you to share a platform with our existing sedans or our existing hatchbacks and build off of this to save money and Saab's like okay fam so what Saab did was take all that, then cut half of it off, <laughs> spend twice as much to make it stronger to meet Saab's standards, and then sell it for relatively the same price, basically negating all the profit that GM would end up making with it. Ooh. Also, they didn't sell that well. Yeah. So, <laughs> is this cool? Yeah. Is it real good looking and everything? Yeah, it's a fucking sexy camera. Yeah. However, I, I've been eyeing the Pen F, which is like the the top of the line. You remember the the little EP5 that I used to have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a sexy version of that, and I've been eyeing that one. And I was like, oh, maybe the of version two is going to come See, out. The now, version two now, is not going to come out anymore. <laughs> now here's the thing, Jamie. When I when I owned my Saab, my Saab was old, and my Saab needed a lot of parts, and I did some nefarious shit. To be able to get those deep discount parts. Okay? <laughs> now, this was right after high school, so I graduated in 02. This would have been probably 2005, maybe. Right? Saab, still a strong existing company. Has dealerships all over. The only place, really, at the time that you could buy parts for a Saab was from a Saab dealership. Ooh. Now, locally, there was only one Saab dealership. So, Saab set the price. I was basically, much like Apple... Paying the sob tax. Oh, no. I went and created, I picked a gas station that was near my house that had a garage attached to it that no one was working out of. And I took the name of that gas station garage and I would call them as if I was the mechanic from that garage <laughs> and tell them that the customer is cheap and I want to be able to pay cash. And I would use their name to go up and pick up parts on discount just for my sob so that I could fix my car in front of my dad's house at a discount. <laughs> because I oh. ended up having something that was pretty, but ultimately way too expensive for its own good. <laughs> and had to find the fair various workarounds to pay the same price that if I actually had bought a GM, I would have ended up paying for. Yeah. But 
fuck you guys. A fuel filter should not cost $700. <laughs> Sorry, fuel pump. But God damn it. It shouldn't cost that much. Like, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to. Jamie, you understand I had to rip the back seats out, right? And, and be able to fuck it. No, Strong. no, no, not that Strong. way. No, I want to put them back, goddamn. I need the car. <laughs> you understand? I bought this car fucking nefariously in, in the first place where I only paid 100 bucks for the car, right? Like, you got to understand, Jamie. I got to make this shit last, all See, right? Man, that's, that's why I got my EP5 for like 80 bucks from fucking Thailand. <laughs> Go on eBay. See, <laughs> But I'm sketchy that way, but also I don't trust the internet. So I refuse to then buy something off the internet from Thailand Direct unless I can like really, like unless it's a reputable dealer that just says, hey, we have a distribution warehouse out of Thailand. It's going to ship out of Thailand. And I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But I- It was just a dude. Know, <laughs> hop on some of these camera websites. Yeah, like, or God forbid, yeah, eBay. Like, I don't trust a guy in Iowa to be legit- I trust people even less when the freight is reasonably going to take 14 days yeah. to, to do the right. Like, I don't, I don't know what, Hey, John eBay. So <laughs> Steve eBay over in Thailand, right? Yeah. Steve over in Thailand, motherfucked me on this camera lens. Now I definitely paid a discounted rate. Now I know retail is $1,300, but I managed on the DL, right? <laughs> slid in those DMs and got it for a hot 750 US, right? Sent that over to him. I haven't got my lens. He's like, it's on a boat. I don't know because he refuses to tell me exactly what the tracking is because it's on a boat. So I don't know if it's ever going to come or maybe it's just always going to be on a boat. So I don't like, I don't know what to do, Jamie. I, but in turn, I think yeah. what I'm learning is I'm having a bit of flashbacks and I'm going, this is cool. I should just use this for what it is. And then ultimately there'll be some camera nerd who will be like, I actually love Olympus cameras. Your micro four shirts with your future. And hopefully I can offload it in like the next year so that it doesn't become the next fucking micro disc. Let's see. What are you are, you have the EM 10, EM102. EM102. Yeah, I don't have the nice one. Mark II. What are they going for on eBay? Uh, B&H has one for used for like 250 Okay, new, so literally half of what I paid for it. New, new they're going for 500 Right. Uh, so the retail yeah. price hasn't gone down at all yet, which is nice. Used, uh, used on eBay, it's like 300 so you're looking to get like 300 for your body? I Chucking reasonably what I think <laughs> Yeah, reasonably what I think is going to end up happening is I will probably go to one of the only like freestanding camera stores and I will go in there with that use it as a trade in and try and buy something actually nice and just accept my losses. Yeah. And just go, "You know what? Okay. Nothing I can do about it. It, it. You know, it's very cool. It operates fine, but I think I'm going to go with a more well-known brand that I don't think is going anywhere, like Sony. Well, I, I trust that Sony's going to stick around. Well, I mean, you you're pretty nice to your camera. Like you don't you don't sling it around. You don't kick it around. So no, I think it, it's not that it's last. in poor. Yeah, it's not that it's in poor shape or anything else. Like that. it's just a question of like, do I want to have something that will be in a defunct company? Yeah, yeah, I see that. 
Like that's that's the question is like at what point does I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I because my other concern is that micro four thirds will actually go the way of the dodo and then the lenses will become finite and then the price will skyrocket instead of fall. I I don't know because um there are a bunch of I've I've I collect I collect. I've picked up a handful of vintage lenses for like yeah. 50 30 40 bucks and these at at the time these these old mechanical like russian made lenses were top of the line at at some point but since since the switch to um dslr the the desire for a lot of these mechanical lenses has has just plummeted like no one gives a shit and and they don't make them anymore and so like yeah and the and they have weird characteristics like there's a there's a couple of lenses that i have that like if you get the right distance and the right background, you get the swirly bokeh thing. So it, it, it looks like, like the person is in a, in See, a, in a time warp yeah, and shit like that. I, I know. Reasonably, Jamie, here's what's going to happen. I'll end up doing the dumb thing, which is <laughs> once I end up finally getting back to work, I'll treat myself for something really unnecessarily nice, which means I'll go in, I'll buy that lens used, spend more on that lens than I did on the actual camera body <laughs> and then go down this rabbit hole again. And then eventually hopefully find a used version of the nicer version of my Olympus camera and just stick with micro four thirds for a while until I decide to actually upgrade, upgrade. I, but I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm it, interested. It's a question just, of like, am I putting good money after bad? Because if I spend, let's say 800 or 900 on the lens, right. Yeah. And then, you know, year or two down the road, I trade in that that Olympus body for a hundred fifty bucks, maybe or something like that on trade in. Yeah. Spend an additional four hundred <laughs> on a used upgraded version of that. I'm now, you know, I'm I'm at like fifteen hundred plus that. I'm like I'm at like two k out of pocket just for that lens, that body, and the other body. Not yeah. counting all the other lenses that I have. So like. Yeah. I, I think it's a question of like, am I in too deep to micro four thirds now <laughs> to pull the pull the shoot and be like, all right, I'm out. I'm well, out. the so you you like you like that that fifty fifty mil length. Um, that yeah, the the one that I have right now it's a it's a twenty five millimeter so micro four thirds equivalent nifty fifty. Yeah. Um, which is this one, which is like my go-to lens with its uh, little thing. And this is a Lumix G, yeah. uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 0.25. Uh, yeah. And it's just a fixed lens and it's gorgeous. Um, if anyone's curious, uh, Panasonic model H H zero two five, you can hop on Amazon or B and H and all sorts of stuff like that. And you can pick them up on the cheap all day, every day, sub hundred dollars. Yeah. And it is my favorite lens. It's, yeah. Fixed, it forces me to get up off my ass and really get moving, but it snaps great photos every time. It's my favorite street photography lens because yeah. it makes me work for it, and I don't have to think about it. It's just focus and hit, focus bam, and hit, focus bam, and hit, bam, just bam. all day long. Yeah, just all day long. So I don't have to like play around with it so much. And if I want to play with the manual focus, I can. I've got I've got my focus set up that way where it'll like I can I can switch it up like any other camera. But if I want to just take quick pop photos i can do so yeah all day long what i'd like to have would be that long distance job so that i can do that <laughs> at a distance so this way i don't have to get up on everybody and i can really take 
proper like street photography things. See, but, see that's, that's the thing about the Micro Four Thirds system is that those telephotos, any other system, they're going to be way, way more expensive. Like if you, switch, Oh, I know that. Yeah. If, if you switch to the Sony, the Sony lenses, they're a lot more expensive, like a G master or any, like even some of the weird manual ones that they sell. Fuji, Fuji's same problem. Like the lenses are going to be more expensive. So like if you stick with micro four thirds, like, um, that, that, uh, 70 to 200 that I was walking around the, the mall that one time with. Right. That was like, those are normally like 12k plus and i picked that one up for like 3 used yeah from japan <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah i i think i think honestly i think you're going to get more bang for your buck if you stick with the system um that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking is just like until i start taking it more seriously i need to just accept that the system that i got is good yeah i I got it for the same reasons that I wanted it for in the first place. I wanted the small body size. I wanted the lighter weight. Yeah. I didn't want to have to be hauling around these huge body cameras. Yeah. And I, I think if I can get the relatively the same capability in a much smaller package, you know, we'll, we'll see. But um, Sony yeah. or Fuji, Sony or Fuji would be similar in terms of small bodies. Cause Sony has all those small ass bodies and stuff. Yeah. Um, the lenses get a little bit, crazy but you know and then yeah, the, Fu well. the fuji film ones they are all APS-C, so it's always a, a crop sensor for the fuji films and apparently their their uh their autofocus is really good and their video capability is really good so you could use a fuji for your for your webcam <laughs> well thank um, goodness i was worried yeah <laughs> but i know you don't give a shit about video so <laughs> at this point now no no yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would stick with it just because of the variety of weird lenses that you can find that you can adapt to it. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I get it. I get it. Any hoozle. Uh, so Brandon, hit me with the welcome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome one and all to the fucking Do It cast. I am one of your hosts, the honorable former referee of Super Art Fight, Brandon Chalmers, and with me today, my co-host with the Mo-Host. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him. He is the reason you are here as you are finding him on his YouTube <laughs> channel. You know him from his rage on Twitter. You know him from his Instagram posts. You know him from his fucked up drawings. He is the <laughs> one, the only, the angry Zen master, Jamie motherfucking Noguchi. Woo! Welcome, welcome one and all. We are part of the Hard Knock Media Podcasting Network. That's N-O-C as a Nerds of Color. Go to hardknockmedia.com to find all the other wonderful podcasts in the network that talk about ethnicity and culture and the importance of representation. And then uh, we're at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. We, we are, uh, uh, yeah. If you take the Coke or Pepsi challenge, we're tab. We're not even the no. same. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> We are RC. We sir. are RC. We are, yeah, we are, we are RC yeah, Cola. <laughs> yeah, we got a niche market, and people will defend us to the hilt. We're way too sweet for our own good. Yeah. We're hanging in here. All yeah. right, we're yeah. there. We're there. We got that yeah. caffeine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll kick it up. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Brandon Chalmers, what sure. have you been geeking upon in this? Whenever we are recording this, because every day is much like any other fucking day. I don't even remember what the fuck day it is, man. Uh, I know. Oh, man. The days they are, they are pulling together. So, Jamie, I decided to start cracking open something that you got me forever ago. I swear it may be six years ago as a birthday <laughs> gift. I decided to start putting together a Gundam model, right? Ooh, I've got two of them sitting here. So the one that I have not put together is I make a huge mess on the table next to me is this behemoth. Oh yeah. Big gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big gun. So, um, yeah, that Hazel, you gotta <laughs> go to bed, sweetie. Hazel, I'm recording. You're recording and <laughs> Yeah, I'm recording. You can't get up here because uh, my my seat is too high, so we don't have a problem yo, of naked yo, kids on yo, TV. Yo, get yo, get yo. get back That's in the bed. Lovely. Get back in the bed and close the door, sweetie. <laughs> Please close the door. <laughs> Goofball. <laughs> anyway, so giant gun with a I'm giant not gun. That one. Yeah, I am not building that one yet. That is the one that will happen afterward. The other one is upstairs, um, but. So basically, I decided like, okay, I need something to kind of do while I'm watching TV, killing time in between loads of laundry or dishes or what have you, and just kind of a, a sanity check project where it's like, yeah. yep, it can be all contained in a box, and you know, it's the simple snap together ones. I'm not getting into all the painting and everything else like that. Like, yeah, I don't have the patience for all that stuff. Um, but what I did stumble into while I was doing this, right, is I went down a YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, now, boy. Oh, boy. Some of you may know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, as some of you may know, I am a big fan of pro wrestling, as well as a big fan of strongman competitions. So, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I, I watch a lot of the YouTube content that a lot of these people put out, and I came across a video from former WWE superstar Rusev, not on his channel, but on a channel called Dr. Bo Hightower. <laughs> and what Dr. Bo does is he does chiropractic adjustments. Yeah. Using hammers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Literally taking like cane pieces or metal chisels and taking framing hammers and adjusting your bones back in after he's done the neck pops and the yeah. whole nine. And the dude's pretty thick, but like he is, and he's got this whole thing where like he looks for a, like knots and muscle tendon and will basically squeeze and force them out. And he does not give a fuck about your pain. Like <laughs> that is essentially, like I can't imagine what the release form is that he gets to record these top tier athletes, MMA fighters, 
strongmen, former WWE superstars, current WWE superstars, as uh, as his wife Lana was also uh, part of a different video, where he basically just beats on you and then squeezes the pain out of you, and you do your best not to curse and ruin his explicit content tab. <laughs> so I I didn't realize Rusev got released. He was in that. He did. He was in. He was in that whole thing. But to my understanding, he he let that happen. They bought out his contract. Rusev has been doing Twitch streaming like nonstop. Oh, oh. like oh, okay. you went full gamer. Oh, and okay. To the best of my understanding, has not taken an interest in wrestling again. I don't know if he's waiting for the pandemic to end yeah. and then he'll come out of it on the other end. But yeah, like dude, just been Twitch streaming. That's like, cool. Yeah, Instagram live, Twitch streaming, just basically hanging out, put on his YouTube channel, and has been basically just doing the social media thing, kind of nonstop. Hell, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like just digging into it. I would, so, love, to, I would love to see him with a crossover with the Up, Up, Down, Down guys, and then like, <laughs> uh, um, oh, fuck. Uh, uh, bang, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, oh, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. And like big like video game crossover when c- conventions happen again because they did a whole yeah. thing. I think they did a whole thing with uh, the Young Bucks and Omega and at uh, PAX, I believe. At PAX, yeah, yeah. Austin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin yeah. Creed came out and uh, they did a whole thing. I would love to see Rusev get into the mix in that, and that would be hysterical. I hundred <laughs> percent can see something like that happen in the future. But Jamie, what I was geeking out about was as I was watching, like as I was building Gundam models. Um, I was also watching him basically like watching this, this doctor basically torture the shit out of pro athletes (laughs) and hearing him take guys like professional strongman Robert Oberos, who is six, seven, four, 15 and watching him basically take hammer and chisel to the back of his neck and just suddenly give him all this mobility. And then like, popping and shuffling and moving things around all sorts of stuff yeah oh yeah i'm watching this guy just basically like at one point with uh with a different uh, superstar bobby lashley basically like stand on a table basically wrap this guy's shoulder up lift and you just hear the whole thing just go cronk and just basically move and all of a sudden bobby just goes i can move my arm again it was like (laughs) what the fuck oh bobby (laughs) right yeah and that there it is that's what kept me watching because i'm like God damn it. All of these athletes take so much punishment. Yeah. And basically the guy's like, well, you start to put on this much muscle. He's like, and your bones start to shift the way they move to compensate for the muscle. And then injuries just start to heal over. He's like, and you end up getting like all this tissue that's messed up. And bear in mind, I am very skeptical of chiropractic medicine. Oh. Because I've seen it where it gets downright dangerous where people are like taking, you know, kids, three, four years old to get adjustments. And I'm like, fuck all of that. But I'm firmly of the mind that like, if you can go to a chiropractor as someone in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and on, and basically go there once every few months, get an adjustment, have some exercises taught to you to try and keep your stuff straightened out. Rock and roll. I don't even care if it's a placebo effect. Good on you. Like, yeah, makes me yeah. feel better. I'm good with it. Hand me the sugar pill. Let me go to work. I'm good. So, yeah, watching this totally set me down, like, what I can only describe as a, like, as a Fifty Shades of Grey torture porn style <laughs> sort of thing. 
where I just hear pro athletes explain their injuries, and then this guy basically like just start pinching things and hearing them just shout "motherfucker" and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. So damn you. Yeah, so uh, if anyone's interested, if anyone, by the way, I have no tolerance for anything like a Dr. Pimple Popper, so, yeah. but I, I'm aware of how hypocritical it is that, I'm, <laughs> that I'm, I can watch hours of uh, Dr. Bo Hightower just popping the crap out of people. Hey, Seuss. Oh, but I can't actually, I know, but I can't actually get down with the Pimple Popper. My boy is a little needy right now. <laughs> welcome, in, welcome in the third chair, Seuss. Oh, Seuss Chalmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's great. Any hoozle. So, Jay Minaguchi, what have you been geeking out about this week? Uh, so, this is going to be a long rant. Uh, I can't help it because, Jesus <laughs> Christ, motherfucker. Goddamn. So, um, Adobe, a couple weeks ago, new version of Adobe. They, they released yeah. new versions because that's part of their subscription thing. And right. I, I've been, I hate Adobe, but I, I subscribe because of work. Like I do comics, mm-hmm. but I also do a lot of motion graphics and motion graphics requires me to be able to share files with the editors and, and like, I need, I need access to Typekit because sometimes clients give you, you know, their, their, their style guides and they have, they have, uh, fonts listed, but they don't give you that font. So Typekit has access right. to all of these fonts. I can just look it up. Nine times out of ten, there's a version of it on Typekit that I can use. So okay. I, I hate Adobe, but I have to subscribe to Adobe. I used Photoshop for drawing. I've been using it for drawing for years and 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 years. And, years. and I feel like I'm fighting with it always. Um, but I haven't done anything about it. Like I use Procreate on the iPad, but I hate Procreate on the iPad because the way it inks is kind of loopy and weird. Um, yeah. They're just, so, you know, I've been just Photoshop, 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 Photoshop. I should have switched to Clip Paint, Clip Studio Paint years ago. I used to use it when it was called Manga Studio, uh, years when I was still doing ah. my webcomic. And then I switched yes. back to Photoshop just because I got a, a set of brushes and, and they, they look cool and I saw another artist that I enjoyed and they used that. Stuff. So I've been using Photoshop for a while now. New version of Adobe Suite comes in and they've changed the way they do their icons. Now, this is not a big deal. I want to stress that this is not a big deal. In the middle of a goddamn pandemic, in the middle of a, of a time in our lives when the cops are so racist that even during a pandemic, they find ways to kill unarmed black people, what I'm going to complain about is, is, is bullshit. Like, I fully recognize that I'm coming from a place of privilege to have these complaints about a system that I use every fucking day. But for whatever reason... The, this new icon system is is horseshit. They they have they've they, <laughs> they've, they've grouped so you know look, you look at the icons of like Photoshop, Illustrator, uh, After Effects, um, Premiere. They were all different colors. I know exactly which one to go. They're on my dock. I I, I know by color by sight. I can go click open up After Effects, click, open up Premiere, click, open up Photoshop, click, open up Illustrator. Good to go. Bam, bam, bam. I'm, I'm ready to go. Right. The Galaxy brains over at Adobe decided to consolidate their apps by discipline. So all the video apps have the same color scheme. All of the photo apps have the same color scheme. 
all of the apps to design stuff all have the same color scheme. So instead of different colors for After Effects and Premiere, they are all the same color. And the only way you can tell the difference is the letters. But when they're small like that, aren't they a little hard to pick up on sometimes? Oh. So I, I have wasted 10 minutes of my day, which again, is nothing to complain about. 10 minutes of inconvenience is not a big fucking deal. But when you're on a deadline, those 10 minutes I could be using to, to, to do stuff with and, and get shit done quickly and efficiently. So I've, I've been clicking on, I, like I've spent time opening Premiere when I wanted After Effects and After Effects when I wanted Premiere and just fucking up my day. And for whatever reason, it was, it was this that convinced me that Adobe doesn't give a shit about regular users. Well, you should have remembered that when they went to the monthly service and did away with the ability to use the older versions of the software. So I agree with you. However, there are, there are, there are studio reasons that the, the subscription model works better because if a studio needs, you know, if it's crunch time and they need to hire on new people instead of buying new sure. seats, they, they do yeah, that. No, so like I could justify, no, I, I, I could justify it, but I get that. Yeah. You're not a studio. Yeah. And if you want to offer two different versions, a small business owner version or an artist creation version, yeah. and then a premiere license for multiple users, you could do so. Yeah. But because of yeah. the way things are done, yeah, because that's how software had worked for years, decades in the past. So it hadn't been a problem. Yeah. But now that they're realizing that we can do this whole thing where it's like, well, no, we'll make it a subscription-based service. We can make it cloud-based. We can do Office 365 pulled the same bullshit. Yeah. ZBrush, Pixelogic, ZBrush, the other piece of software that I use all the time, is a much better model. You buy it once, you get all the updates you need. They also have a subscription model. So if you do have a studio and you need to add seats just because they have a subscription. So they have both options. I love right. Pixelogic. I love Pixelogic. Right. I, I will, if I ever get to the point where I can become an evangelist for Pixelogic and ZBrush, I will do that on the regular. I will do that for free because I fucking love them. Right. Like I, but that's the thing though, is if there are updates or whatever it is, that's fine. But at a certain point they can go, Hey, look guys, um, this is a pretty big update. We're going to offer a new one. If you want to upgrade to the new version for these features or whatever it is, you know, we know the software costs you, I don't know, $200 brand new, whatever it is, whatever yeah. the number is. Version we're going to charge you, <laughs> yeah, right. We're yeah. going to charge you, let's say $35 for this update that's going to have these following things if you want to opt into it. Yeah, um, instant, instant, you know, when, just... Right, yeah, and, yeah, and just require it. And then once the, you know, once you get like, three versions up or whatever it is, you basically bundle them together and you say, hey, this version at this price costs this much. And if you want it now, okay, you pay it now. And if you want it later, you pay it later and what have you. Like, yeah. But ultimately, that's the idea is the people who are going to want the new stuff are going to pay for the new stuff. Don't make it exorbitant and people will fucking buy it. Yeah. You don't need to cash grab and dig into everybody. And also, fuck Adobe for their predatory ass ads because they tried that bullshit where they're like, oh, hey, you can get the, you know, you can get the, the Premiere Studio or whatever it is and you can get all of the, you know, access to all the subscription base, yada, 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 at a discounted rate for the first three months or whatever it is. They don't tell you in the fine print 
that they require you to sign up for a year up front and pay for the whole thing up front. Yeah, it's it's bad. And so I, during a pandemic, thank goodness they're so helpful to small business owners that they want to charge you something like five hundred dollars for software at a discount. And fuck I, off with I, your I, shit. I should have known better, and you know, I've been. I, I guess it's been inertia. But when when these when these stupid icons came out, and I don't know what the fuck it was about them, but I was like, this is this is impeding my workflow. <laughs> it, is, it is making using your products a horrible experience. Also, fix Media Encoder. I have never been able to launch Media Encoder on the first try and have it work ever, ever. <laughs> I always have to open it like five more fucking times. And if you see me on Twitter, I've, I've, you know when I'm about to use Media Encoder because I will say, <laughs> is this today that Media Encoder is going to encode my goddamn motherfucking media? And the answer is no, no. Today is not that day. And I don't know if it's an Adobe problem or if it's a Mac problem because Apple can go fuck itself as well. Like, I'm pissed about everything. So... By the way, you are, I guarantee you, there are probably a lot of artists who watch your shit who are like, fucking preach, preach, <laughs> preach, fucking preach. So I said, fuck you. I'm going to get Clip Studio paint. And I, I got Clip Studio. I paid for the X one because I wanted to try the animation, which is like twice as much as the regular one. It was on sale because they were doing their, they always have their summer sale thing going on. Like, awesome. If you want to get into drawing comics, get Clip Studio. Wait for the sale because the regular version is like 25 bucks. You can afford 25 bucks. If you're a yeah. beginner, you can afford 25 bucks. You can afford 25 yes. bucks. I also, yeah, got it. I also got it for the iPad because I want to support a business that appreciates what artists are going through on a day-to-day -day motherfucking basis. So I bought Clip Studio and for the past week or so, I've been running the rounds, doing some practice illustrations, sketches to just kind of re- Re, re familiarize myself with the program like how the how the the, the pencils work how the inking works how the brushes work how yes. the paint works and yes. stuff uh, a friend of mine uh a long time ago asked me to, if i could draw her some weird shit like uh slave leia but instead of leia it's sonic and she wanted to have boobs and butt out so i was like yeah sure i finally had an excuse to do this so i was like okay i'll draw this for for you just to see that and she came up with some some other crazy ideas like uh um dr robotnik as jabba the hut uh yep. and uh pikachu as xena warrior princess and which is uh, awesome uh yoshi watch yoshi as cj from baywatch <laughs> yes <laughs> um so yeah, I, I've been messing around and I'm kicking myself because uh, you know, there are things that Photoshop does better, certainly. And because, but, the, but the problem is Photoshop does everything. And so by doing everything, it, there are very specific, small, glitchy things that it doesn't do well. <sighs> Look, they had to hire a, an independent contractor to, to, to make brushes for them because the people who made the program couldn't figure out how to make brushes that were useful for artists. So they hired Kyle Webster on staff just, just so they could have him there to, to like, I'm so fucking pissed at Adobe. I just. So what you're saying is, is that Photoshop is a jack of all trades, master of none. Matt, I'm still probably going to be coloring book two in Photoshop just because uh, I'm much faster in, in coloring, like comic coloring. Like that's not, that's never been a problem for me. The problem is right. when it comes to inking and layouts and like 
there are no there are no rulers in Photoshop. Clip Studio has perspective rulers. Clip Studio has French curves. Clip Studio has all these other different funky curves and stuff that you can do all these layouts and shit. Like uh, Clips is terrible at text, so that's a big ding. So if you're if you're doing your comic in Clip Studio, just know the text is gonna look like shit. Um, but th there's a lot of other great stuff that Clip can do that Photoshop doesn't care about. Photoshop doesn't give a shit about because Photoshop is about photos. And if you want to edit your photos in Photoshop, congratulations, you are using the program properly. If you want to draw things in Photoshop, wait, what are you doing? Why wouldn't you be edit? Wait, 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 hang on. Why wouldn't you be editing your photos in Lightroom? You can edit them in Lightroom too. Lightroom is is like the 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 easy version. Photoshop is the advanced version of photo editing. Okay, what, whatever. Fuck off with your like. Because, you know what? Like, no, it's because that's that's the way they think about Photoshop. That is the way they think about Photoshop. Because if they thought about Photoshop as an artist tool, there would be tools within Photoshop that I wouldn't have to go and buy third-party bullshit. Like in order to get a perspective ruler, I had to buy this weird fucking thing that like works. I don't know. So if Photoshop was a digital painting tool, it would act like a digital painting tool instead of a trundled up fucking photo editing thing that is more powerful than Lightroom, but also less useful than Lightroom because Lightroom right. just does it. Like you can save your right. presets, you can save your settings, you can apply all of that to a whole batch of photos. To do that in Photoshop, you have to record all of your actions and then stick it to a thing and then bring in your photo and, and, make, and, and hit that action and hope that it works and pray that it works. So they need to split it off. If they're, if they're considering Photoshop to be an art tool, they need to make a, a, a separate standalone fucking art tool and actually talk to fucking artists that use their shit on a daily goddamn motherfucking basis. So yeah. So I have every opinions. time, <laughs> every, every time that you start tweeting, uh, about about Adobe, you are adding Adobe, right? Uh, I have. <laughs> you really should just every time, <laughs> like either until they block you, or until they respond, like one or the other. What I, I don't understand, and 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 what I don't understand, and maybe it's because of the the hardware that I'm using, because I'm using a MacBook Pro from like 2015, and so like maybe the new. Maybe that maybe Adobe Suite is supposed to be optimized for like the latest and greatest. But motherfucker, I have Clip Studio Paint on a on a computer that's five years old, and it does everything that I wanted to. The gouache brush works like gouache. I have perspective rulers. I have circles that work. I can, I have patterns. I've got like three D mannequins that I can stick in and trace over. Just motherfucker. Oh, and get this. The iPad version is the same version as the desktop version. It's not. It's not like I, Photoshop for iPad, where there are no filters. There's no blur tool. There's no smudge tool. It's not like Fresco, where it's like, oh, we're making a, a, our own drawing tool that has fewer features than fucking Procreate from like some stupid independent studio. So like, what is Adobe doing? What are they doing? Who are they working for? It's not for me, and I've been using their products since Jump Street. Photoshop One, the OG Photoshop. I have used that bullshit since day one. Day one. And you're telling me you can't get your fucking icons straight. 
God damn it. Okay? I, I want, I want, I want to get well known enough so that if I, that I have somebody I could call at Adobe and just yell at them for a, like five hours. Just say, fix this, fix this, fix this. I will fly out there for fucking free and test drive their shit and tell them what's wrong with it because I don't know. But, well, you know what? Uh, fuck it. I'm, gonna, I'm reactivating my Twitter account just so that I can tweet <laughs> at John Adobe and, and we are going to solve this problem post-haste. Steve, post-haste. Steve Adobe. So uh, Clip Studio, I'm using Clip Studio. I love Clip Studio. Use Clip Studio. Oh, I also use Sketchbook, but Sketchbook is just for like stupid quick sketches and shit like that. I've seen people do like really great concept art and those, uh, those, car, uh, those car renderings. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, that shit is great. I've seen people do a lot of that in uh, Sketchbook Pro, and that's free. So if you want to try your hand at learning how to do like the Foose fade on a like classic Ford line art illustration, you can get get that shit for free. Learn about that shit. <laughs> do all that shit. Learn all that shit. So so what I've learned is fuck Adobe. Sketchbook's pretty rad, and uh, Clip Studio is where you need to be if you're really trying to make it. Yeah, and it's okay. It's affordable, and there are hella, hella tutorials on their site. Uh, hella tutorials. Hella tutorials, and half of them are useful. <laughs> yep. Also, uh, I'm hearing, uh, based on a lot of the artists that I personally know having iPads, just buy the iPad version. Yeah, the iPad version is a subscription, but it's like 24 bucks a year, which is... that's. That's pretty reasonable, honestly. It's, it's, like, it's like, it's, it's, it's less than your Netflix. It's worth it. It's worth yeah. it. To have a brush engine that doesn't feel like you're drawing with loops, to have a gouache brush that works like you want a gouache brush to work, to have like, I mean, subscription is like, it's a, it's a commitment. But if you want to get into art, Procreate is nice. Yeah, but, but ultimately paying $24 for software, whether they yeah. break it out over a year or not, BFD. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, you know, it, it's not that much a month. You can afford that. If you want to draw, use that and just decide that if you, you fall out of favor with it, okay, cool. Next year, I don't want to renew my subscription. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. It doesn't, it doesn't have that uh, smart object thing where like in Procreate, if you draw a quick circle and hold down the, the pen, it'll like turn into a circle that you can adjust the thing. Ah, okay. But Procreate does have something called vector layers. So if you ink a line on a vector layer, it, yeah. you, can, you can pull those points in afterwards. So that is Wait, a cool, are you cool talking aspect. about Clip Studio or Procreate? Oh, sorry, Clip Studio. Clip Studio, yeah. Clip Studio has that, okay. <laughs> um, so yes, Clip Studio, highly recommend both on the iPad and on the, the, the desktop. At, at some point, I'm going to start doing more videos on my art channel, and I'll talk about all this shit on my art channel because I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, Brandon Chalmers. Sir. Every week. Uh, since, since bullshit has happened, I've been trying to find positive stories, stories that uplift things that are going well in a society that is seemingly falling apart at the same Yeah. So I have a list of laws that are going to go into effect tomorrow in the great state of Virginia. 
So to preface this, for, for years and years and years, Virginia has been like a red state, like red as red, red as red. And yep. then over the past couple of years, uh, because of Northern Virginia, it's been slowly being pulled purple. Like it, it okay. was a surprise when Virginia went to Obama. But now, uh, and, and their, their districts were gerrymandered like hell. So like the state Senate, mm -hmm. the state house, solid Republican, solid Republican. But over the years, they've been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And now Virginia is true blue. They got a Democratic governor, House and Senate. And these are some of the laws that are going into effect in our southern neighbor tomorrow. Well, we record this on Tuesday. So by, by the time this gets uploaded, it'll, these will gotcha. have happened. But okay. All right. We, we have I a don't... list here. We have a list. Uh, gun control. Okay. Universal, yes. universal background checks. Wow. Red flag laws to temporarily take guns away from people deemed to be dangerous to themselves or others. Seems reasonable. One handgun a month law reinstated. I'm not sure what that one is. Um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming maybe you can only buy one handgun a month. That, yeah, that sounds I'm, right. I'm, I'm assuming that if you are a retailer or whatever it is, I'm sure there are other forms to get around that or whatever it is, but I'm assuming based on that, given yeah. my very limited understanding, as a private citizen, you're probably limited to purchase one a month. Yeah. Okay, um, whatever. I, I, got, I got no skin in the game one way or the other with that, but go ahead. Must report lost or stolen arms within a 48 hours or, or face civil penalty. That's, that's pretty good. Okay, fair enough. Don't, uh, if your gun goes missing, you should say something. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Local government, no, has, okay. uh, local government has more authority to ban arms in public spaces. So if they don't want you to walk around with an AK in the restaurant, they can ban that. Um, okay, fair enough. Tougher All penalty right, uh, for I don't know how many how go ahead go ahead sorry uh, go ahead. tougher penalty for storing arms in the way which may endanger children. I don't see any issue with that. Go on. Uh, and people with protective orders must turn over guns within 24 hours of receiving the PO. So, uh, okay, I could see where that one's going to become problematic in a lot of ways, but. That's not my, my thing to enforce. That's the job of the police. Yeah. They're, they're doing something, which is more than <laughs> they no, were doing I, before. <laughs> I, 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 got, I got no skin in that, in that fight one way or the other. So, okay. Right on. Yeah. Continue on. Uh, LGBTQ plus rights, sexual orientation, gender identity are protected classes of discrimination. So there it is. That's great. Ban on conversion therapy. Duh. Fucking good. Okay, continue. Easier to change name and gender on birth certificate, uh, which is great for the trans community. That's, that's awesome. And great for those of us who want to change our last names to Power. <laughs> Brandon Power. <laughs> I think you mean... Maximilian power. <laughs> <laughs> Maximilian power. Why, hello. Max. That's right. Yep. <laughs> My confirmation uh, name is Turbo. I'll be uh, Brandon Turbo Max Power. <laughs> uh, VADOE, I think that's the Department of Education, must create implement okay. policies for treatment of trans students. So that's awesome. That's fucking awesome. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't know any part of 
that one way or the other. So I'm unclear how that affects what or anything else like that. So yeah. I'm going to assume that's a positive thing, um, but I don't know one way or the other to speak uh, confidently. Yeah. Uh, medical. Women seeking abortion no longer required to wait 24 hours, get an ultrasound, or receive counseling. And, and that, was a, that was one of those laws that was put in place to, to, highlight, to, make, to make abortion more inconvenient and harder to get because you, right. know, you had to sit there and, you know, this was the best. Yep. Um, by the way, uh, sidebar, the Supreme Court struck down Louisiana's uh, abortion uh, law, which required clinics to have people on staff with admitting privileges at local hospitals, basically I didn't sh- see that. shutting down like Planned Parenthood because it's... Yes. That's not what they do. Um, yeah. So th- no. Fucking Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> marijuana decriminalized $25 civil penalty for possession. Um, so uh, that means I, I, there was some confusion on that, that, like if that meant for like current cases or past cases. So your records get sealed. They don't get expunged, but they get sealed. So, like, if you have okay. previous com- com- uh, previous convictions, they get sealed and stuff. Uh, okay. Full le- full legalization of medical marijuana. Okay. Uh, and insulin capped at fifty dollars for one month supply, so that prevents uh, the pharmaceutical industry price from- gouging. Yeah, price gouging. <sighs> Fucking yeah. God, God forbid we don't gouge diabetics. This country wants you to die. Like they just <laughs> just. America is a death cult. This country. I, I ironically, speaking as an overweight guy myself, the 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 survival of the fittest is not actually true. It's just survival. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just survival. Yeah, it's survival. TM. Sur- survive. Just make it. Just make it. Just yeah. fucking make it. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to help you. Fuck you. Uh, all right, let's go to voting and licensing. Okay. Uh, driver's licenses cannot be suspended for non-payment of fines. Um, I don't know what that... Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know enough about that um, one way or the other, but okay. Yeah. Uh, photo ID no longer required to vote. So you and I, okay. li- you and I live in Maryland. Live in Maryland. We, we don't need a We've voter never, ID. Yeah. yeah, we don't need an ID to vote, which is great. Um, you no longer need an excuse to vote absentee. You just request an absentee ballot before you had to come up with like a letter from a your, 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 your mom or your principal or your legal guardian or the, the doctor's office is like, all right. So they're making it easier to vote by mail, which is great in a Good. fucking pandemic. Every state should be doing this. You fucking idiots. Um, citizenship no longer required for in-state tuition. So um, that's great for like gotcha. DACA dreamers and stuff. Well, yeah, um, also, also people here on working visas and stuff like that who want to further their education while they're on working visas. Yeah. Awesome. Good with that. Easier for localities to remove Confederate monuments because why do we have statues of losers around our country? What the fuck is that about? Oh, it's about, it's about, it's about culture, not No, fuck you. They lost. They lost bad. We beat the shit out of them. So go fuck yourself with that. And take your fucking loser flag down, you fuck. Uh, Virginia used to be lousy with Confederate flags. Um, finally, we got the minimum. Used minim- to be? Yeah. <laughs> used to be. They're used to be. Okay. They're, they're used uh, to be. Finally, we've All got right. minimum wage stuff. Uh, 21, uh, May 2021, uh, it'll increase to $9.50. Uh, July okay. 1st, 2022, $11. 2023, we'll get 12 
2025, we'll get 1350. And then 2026, uh, we get 15 an hour. I think Maryland is at 15. I think No, I don't believe they're there yet. Maybe. I think they're on a plan similar to that. Yeah, so it's it's a step up increase. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be enough, but it's something because, like, no, it's it's a step in the right direction. And you know, it, fortunately and unfortunately, incrementally is the only way that that sort of thing is going to get passed. And I don't know if it's going to be enough to actually help everybody out or not. Yeah, because like, um, inflation I, there's a bunch is of arguments. Cool. Yeah, inflation's going to go up, but I don't think it's going to go up that dramatically. But I think the, the question is going to be about, you know, can small businesses take that sort of hit and what have you? I, I don't know. I yeah. assume that we'll all kind of pay a little bit more for things and that'll be what it is. But, you know, um, yeah, that, know. that all comes back to, well, that also all comes back to people putting more money into small businesses and back into the local economy as opposed to ordering things off of Amazon. Yeah. Um, so... If, you know, if when this thing passes or if you have local shops, local restaurants, local this and that, that you're able to get carry out from, that you're able to pick up groceries from and you have the ability to do it and you're financially capable of doing so and you're willing to put on your mask and go there, um, I would suggest doing so. Like that's the only way that, that people like that are going to be able to afford paying some of these people more. I really hope that a lot of these businesses are paying people well over minimum wage anyway right now, but you know, it, it's one of those realities of, you know, things are, things are hard. Things are hard for a lot of people. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the, the increases in the, the thought process of where that is. I don't know enough about local Virginian economy and politics and businesses and what have you to be able to confidently speak one way or the other in that sense. But I like, I assume the idea of a rising tide raising all ships applies to an economy. I hope so. Um, so I fucking hope so. I, I'd like, I'd like to believe so. So maybe instead of us complaining about a fifteen dollars minimum wage, maybe we just, I don't know, go beat Jeff Bezos with a stick and see how much money falls out of him. Um, <laughs> God, it's worked Jesus. well for pinatas. Yeah. So, like all of the, I don't, I don't know. I I would yeah. like to think that if I got that, if I was ever to acquire that much wealth. And if I looked around you wouldn't. and I, you and I wouldn't. Saw, saw shit happening, I would like to think that I would do something about it. Yeah, but, but I don't here's, know. Here's the thing. You, <laughs> you wouldn't acquire that kind of wealth, Jamie, because you're an ethical person and you wouldn't be able to stand for that sort of thing. So therefore, you would never make that much money. Yeah. So you'd never actually be there. Now, you could be incredibly, ridiculously, Gates-level financially well-off and you'd still be giving it back to a bunch of people because you're not that guy so <laughs> and like i've said before yeah. at the very least jeff bezos has a lot of us paying for prime myself included and they have a, a video channel the very least they could be doing is using their exorbitant wealth to entertain the rest of us by having <laughs> people compete for large amounts of cash fuck it let's yeah. really start digging into this whole thing yeah like I, I let's start spending money the dumb way <laughs> start giving away money the dumb way uh, do you want a dumb story? Do you want a dumb story that we can laugh at somebody? Jesus Christ, do I need a dumb story right now? Yeah, because right. uh, uh, <laughs> fucking so, Supreme Court about something else. So let's, yeah. let's continue. So the, the still angry from earlier. So the, the, the open Maryland guy, there, there was a guy who organized a bunch of people in Maryland, state of Maryland. Open up, open up Maryland. Uh, because <laughs> you don't have to worry about the coronavirus. <laughs> you don't have to worry about a mask. You just open up the state. We need to get our economy going. Guess who got COVID? <laughs> 
Yeah. He opened yeah. up his lungs I, and he let the COVID come in. <laughs> oh my God. It's not, it doesn't care. It doesn't care if you're a true blue blooded American or whatever. It doesn't care if you want to like <laughs> get a whole bunch of money. It doesn't care. It doesn't care. It will fucking get you. <laughs> so uh he uh yeah and and the worst part is like well they asked him if if he would do like contact tracing and like help determine where he picked it up and all this stuff and he's like nah fuck it <laughs> so it's just seuss give it a rest buddy seuss is also like what the fuck is that That's about i know <laughs> i you know, Jamie, in a more in a less local version in a more national version you did hear about the dumbness of sammy hagar right Oh no! Oh no! What what did so, Panama do? What did Panama? <sighs> was he running with the devil? Sam, in a way, or at least he's trying to, because yeah, Sammy Hagar wants to reopen the economy, and he's ready to get this thing going. So, uh, he did an interview on May eighth with Rolling Stone, and. He's, he's since walked back comments about it, but basically he said, quote, we have to save the world in this country from this economic thing that's going to kill more people in the long run. I'd rather see everyone go back to work. If some of us have to sacrifice on that, okay. God damn it, Sammy. Now he's since walked it back. Um, rock, rock and roll is about fighting the power fighting the man not not trying to hold up the man and his capitalism rock and roll is is anti-establishment it is not supposed to be working for the establishment yeah he's uh you know and, and he's and he's walked back since then saying you know uh i did this interview a month and a half ago and you know things change uh, uh let's see yada, 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 yada. Stupid a month and a half ago uh, yeah, uh, quote, uh, so when I was asked if I'd be comfortable enough to get back on stage before a vaccine was out, I was cautiously optimistic. Turns out, cop Sammy Hagar, here's the things we know about Sammy Hagar, right? Right? He can't drive 55. <laughs> He's okay with some of us dying, and he needs it right now. He can't wait for tomorrow. It means everything right now. Right now. Hey. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jamie. Go <laughs> fucking Cabo Wabo is yeah. ready for us to get back. Yeah. I. <sighs> you can die if you can't right now. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just. Do, 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 do. You're dead. Don't. <sighs> Jesus Christ, I man. swear to God. Like, you know, I never in my life thought that in, in, the, in the battle, in the epic, long-standing, multiple decades-long battle between Van Halen frontmen, that David Lee Roth would be the one who doesn't <laughs> want us all to fucking die. Right, yeah. Look. David the Lee Roth wants to party with people who are alive. <laughs> right. But Jamie, the guy who writes Jump 
<laughs> is the more sound guy. Yeah. I, that, like, that does not surprise me somehow. That's, that does not surprise me. Because. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Sammy. Fuck you. It was wrong a month and a half ago. It was wrong in May. You dumb fuck. Fuck you. God. Fuck you, Sammy. I, like, you I, know better. I I love just the idea of him just looking at the bottom line numbers of Cabo Wabo Tequila and being like, <laughs> "We gotta get back on stage, guys!" <laughs> like, do you understand? I got a bass player to feed. Like, Shit. I got I got a bass player to feed. He he plays acoustic, right? You know you know how much money I, he Sam Hager ain't playing shit. He ain't playing nothing. He could have. He could have. He could have done a Zoom concert or a YouTube live or he whatever. He did. He did. He did. Well, it's you on go. YouTube. Well, there right. You go. And he looks, and the rest of the band looks so fucking tired. Like they want no part of this. And all I can think is the rest of them have heard him. Like, sorry, I should retract. Their guitar player <laughs> looked real pumped, but their drummer. Looked like he was checked out hard. Oh, man. Oh, man. And their bass player looked like he was playing the most... Ha- I swear to God, he was sitting on a cooler. <laughs> like, And not like a Yeti cooler. Like an older Coleman cooler. Like he had been there for a while. Yeah. It was like, God damn it, Sammy, we're in a pandemic. Like I'm allowed to do two things. Be somewhere else that you're not and fished off of my pier, and you're fucking up both of those. Like, seriously. God. And showed up, and, like, they did, they didn't, I, I swear it was an acoustic version of right now, and it was like, they must have been so tired of hearing him. Like, guys are gonna use rap, it's gonna be like when to change. We're gonna bring down, we're gonna bring down this pandemic wall, and we're gonna do it right now. Come on. Like I just. <sighs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, God damn it! Sammy. Turns out, turns out, don't ask aging rockers what to do with an economy. Yeah. Like, turns out they don't, don't know. Don't do it. Turns out they don't, don't do it. Turns out no, no. Know. I, I. The thing is, I don't want to know if they know or not. <laughs> like that's that's. <laughs> that's the whole thing like I'm, I'm good i'm good with this like there's, there's consequences on both ends like believe me yeah jesus christ I, i'm not i'm not saying they can't speak out i'm not stifling anybody's creativity or anybody's ability to speak out for a thing that they believe in but also <laughs> jesus this is Christ, Sammy Hagar. Read the room, you fuck. <laughs> it's been a it's been a spicy cast. It's been a it's a spicy spicy cast. Uh, so uh, we yep. could we could close it out, or we could we could talk about a conspiracy theory that's pretty in depth and pretty interesting, and not something that I made up, but it's really fun. Could be fun. Do, I'm in do, if you're in. Do we dare? Do we dare? Okay, Brandon Chalmers. I'm in if you're in.
Yep, um, what you got? Lay it on me. This comes from Twitter, so I will link this whole thread from one Michael Harriet, who is a writer, and I think he's an historian. I'm not sure. Um, but his conspiracy theory is that the Golden Girls were actually members of an organized crime syndicate. <laughs> now, I, I am, I've never watched the Golden Girls. Uh, I so, have. So, Brandon Chalmers, can you give me a primer on, on the show? Can you tell me what it's about, a 100-foot view of, like, an overview of the show? What is it about? Why it's so beloved? Why people are into it? All this good stuff. Just... Okay. So, um, to the best of my knowledge, it started to air in the late 80s and ran through the mid-90s. Um, it was, I believe, seven seasons. I know this because of the previous administration's obsession with this. However, I do not hold anything against the show. No, hey, it's okay. Show's good. So, <clears throat> starring... Starring uh, B. Arthur as Dorothy, the sassy one in the group. Her mom, Estelle Getty, who's actually younger than her as Sophia, uh, also starred in the Sylvester Stallone classic, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Um, <laughs> Rue McClanahan, who is no longer with us, as the sultry and sexy Blanche Devereaux. And then Betty White, still alive, still kicking America's sweetheart, Betty White, as Rose. Now, the idea is Rose is from, um, I'm testing my knowledge here, from St. Olaf and weird like town in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yes. And the idea is Saint she Olaf, was basically Minnesota. like yeah. Minnesota. Thank you. Okay. Oh. I, the, all of this from memory, by the way, I don't have my golden girls notes up here. So I think I'm, I'm flying pretty high. Anyway, you're, you're, so, you, got, you got it. You got it in depth. <laughs> and I am impressed because I don't know shit about the show. So right now. Okay. So Blanche is the one with money. She's the saucy one, right? Um, her husband ends up dying. She ends up actually owning the house. Rose is a friend somehow ends up living with Blanche. Sophia, her husband cheats on her. She's got man troubles or whatever it is. She ends up living there, has her mom live there with her, uh, basically. And the idea is these four women are living in Florida, near as I can tell, southern Florida. Um, they are kind of combining their incomes and social security and whatnot to be able to survive together. And the idea is the camaraderie and their previous experience kind of clash together, but also they play off of each other in a very strong way to be able to create this very cohesive unit. What you end up getting is a lot of Betty White doing dumb jokes and a lot of B. Arthur doing really quippy humor. Sophia, played by Estelle Getty, being very fun and kind of playing off and singing in with one-liners. And then Blanche basically swinging in with multiple one-liners, but also taking the ire of B. Arthur. So it's a lot of quippy, back-and-forth, smart, sassy humor. And at the time, a all predominantly for the four main cast members, all female, all elderly, or at least appearing to be more elderly than they actually are, was breaking demographics at the time. Now, I oh, understand yeah. the idea of four old white ladies not exactly setting the demographics on fire, but at yeah. the time, the idea of them trusting a sitcom to these women was definitely different and a bit groundbreaking. Yeah. Well-written, a lot of fun. They dealt with things like 
poverty, like racism, like sexual harassment. Uh, they, they dealt with a lot of things and usually the episodes would wrap up nicely and occasionally they would wrap up around sharing a late night cheesecake together. And oh, that was the shit. idea is, oh, I want near as I can tell, <laughs> the cheesecake was kind of one of those like, none of them really drank, but I'm convinced the cheesecake was like an allegory for power drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get our like, cheesecake on. Well, because it was always like one of them would like walk in the kitchen and the other one would just be sadly sitting by themselves in a well-lit kitchen, just slowly housing a cheesecake. <laughs> and the other one would like grab a fork and then be like, so tell me about what's going on now. And then somebody goes, well, I was working and that man, I bent over and he pinched my bottom. And you're like, <laughs> What? You pinch <laughs> Betty White's ass, you <laughs> asshole! How dare. <laughs> and, right, and now B. Arthur is trying to coach up Betty White for being insecure and just accepting sexual harassment as part of the workplace because that's what she's experienced through her years of being in the workplace. Yeah. And she doesn't want to lose a good job over this. And B. Arthur's like, fuck that noise. We'll support you. You don't have to take that shit. Stand up. And just tell him, this is not okay. This cannot happen again. And ultimately, she ended up basically being confronted and said, and basically told, you can walk uh, if you don't like how you're being treated here. And she said, fine. And she left. And the idea is, fuck it. You don't have to stay at a place that you're being sexually harassed. Awesome. Yeah. Like the idea that they're tackling that shit in... 1990 and Betty White is the one who has to be the strong one and basically B. Arthur's standing at the doorway going, yeah, that's right and fuck you too. <laughs> Not actually saying that, but basically yeah. like quipping this old asshole with one-liners on the way out is yeah. really, really great. Yeah. So that's kind of the premise of Golden Girls, the whole roundabout it. And they get into some weird shit. They get into UFO, UFOs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is convinced that they saw a UFO and then they end up seeing lights or whatever it is. And like they, they get into some, some old lady shit. Yeah. So <laughs> bear that, bear that in mind. But yeah, I, I never got in, I never got into it because uh, all of the sitcoms in the eighties were just about a whole bunch of white people. And I was just like, no, I, I get it. Honestly, Jamie, the only reason I got into it initially was because uh, the sad short story of uh, my lazy dad going out and wanting to go party with his friends and basically letting Nick at night watch me <laughs> late into the wee hours. You know, like, lock the door behind me. Here's a pizza. You're, you know, you're 12. You're fine. Don't burn anything down. Don't use the stove. Watch whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know, I don't have any access to porn at the time, whatever it is. I can't really get into anything. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to eat way too much. And I'm going to watch terrible TV. Yeah. So, I settle into bed or I settle up on the couch. I'm flipping through channels and Nick at night has got like six episodes of the golden girls, just one after the other rapid fire. And you know, you scroll past it once and you hear B Arthur kind of hit another one with a, with a quip or whatever it is. Yeah. Or, yeah. And you kind of half chuckle and then you take a skim around the channels again and you're like, eh, fuck it. I'll put this on. And I end up sitting there and it became almost a ritual as a way to like, it's Friday night. It's Saturday night. I'm kind of getting tired. I don't want to go do anything. I don't want to get into anything. Fuck it, I'll put on Golden Girls. And yeah. that ended up kind of being a thing, whether I would travel or what have you. It always seemed to be on on late night TV. And because it's consistently kind of funny and rather clean and I can pick up on it whenever. And each episode is its own little like self-contained thing. 
cool. Like it was an easy thing for me to digest. So that's why I ended up getting into it. I totally understand though, the idea of like you looking at this going, this is some white people shit. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> it is some white people shit. Yeah. Well, there, there are a bunch of people that we know who love the show. Like, um, yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. And honestly, if we wanted to erect a statue of B. Arthur, where, uh, <laughs> where Robert E. Lee is, uh, the golden girls, both lasted longer than Confederacy, also more influential in American culture. So, sure, you know, sure, that's, that's fine. Sure, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. So yep. uh, let's get into this. I'm not going to, I'm going to try to do, to do, to skim over it. Uh, yeah. And then we can discuss all the points. So they moved, uh, they, the show debuted in 1985, right at the beginning of the crack cocaine epidemic. They okay. moved to Florida to, Go on. to, to push that weight. So the muscle of the organization was Rose. We'll call her Ruthless Rose Nyland. Rose acted okay. all innocent and sweet, but she wasn't as dumb as she pretended. She claimed her husband died, but anyone with two eyes can see that she killed her husband for the insurance money. I'm okay with that. Like drugs or not, I'm, I'm okay with Rose killing her husband. Yeah, I'm, Let's uh, just move forward. Okay, uh, so uh, so she moves to Florida um, and meets Blanche, the Dutch, the the butcher Devereaux, whose family okay. made their money in the sex trade and dope game. And our friend uh, uh, Michael Hart, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Harriet uh, points to the fact that Blanche's dad was a pimp because he dressed like a pimp. He had the hat and he even talked like a pimp. So fair, fair enough. Um, I think he might be taking a bit of a stretch of a grown woman calling her daddy, daddy, um, or my daddy. I think it might just be some, some dumb Southern shit, but Maybe. right on that. That's, that's fine. I, I seem to remember him not dressing like a pimp, but more him dressing like either Ricardo Montalban from fantasy Island or Colonel Sanders, and I might be projecting both of those. I so there's a there's a clip of the daddy right here, and he is dressed like Colonel Sanders, but apparently that's like white pimp uniform. Apparently, uh, they oh. said they said he owned a plantation outside of ATL where Blanche grew up, but it sounds like they were selling and growing more than that. I uh, no, I mean, I okay, I, I you know if if blanched is one of the 26 urban spices from that original recipe i'm uh, okay i'm i'm here for it <laughs> yeah uh and so uh let's see blanche was an art dealer uh okay which which made it easy for her to 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 scrub money to to like what do you okay so we're laundering money laundering through, money through, through art sales through expensive art sales so like you know she could she could move the money around she was the money girl it's the perfect cover um, she, uh, it says, first of all, people in Florida ain't buying art like that unless it's velvet. Secondly, it's a known fact that 72% of art dealers belong to a cartel. <laughs> okay. I got no fight there. Uh, they needed someone to handle the day-to-day -day business. So that, that, that's where we entered dangerous Dorothy Zumak. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she taught in the Former inner city. school teacher. Yeah. Yep. She taught in the inner city in the seventies. So she spoke Spanish. Plus, her voice was so deep that Colombian probably thought Luther Vandross or James Earl Jones was on the phone when she called them. So she was making the deals. Um, okay. All right. Fair enough. So if you need respect in a distribution network, you need to know that people 
you have to have someone who will not fuck with you. And that's where Sophia Shilkilia Pertillo comes in. <laughs> She's Sicilian. Right. She talked mad right. shit. Plus, have y'all yes. why her nursing home burned down right when everyone moved in? Yes. No, I, I get it. And uh, I'm assuming they, they mention in their picture it's Sicily, which is how Sophia would mention and tell stories of the old country. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> don't forget Golden Girls debuted one year after Miami Vice. So while Crockett and Tubbs were locking people up, the Golden Girls were quietly running an international drug ring. <laughs> Uh, and then here's the final this is the final clue according to our friend Michael do you know how much money a person must have to assure people that if they threw a party and invited everyone they knew they'd still be sure that the biggest gift would be from them they even know what the card attached would say but notice they never say what's inside the gift cocaine pure cocaine (laughs) and then he ends his, his rant with thank you for being a friend <laughs> now I, I haven't seen the show so this all sounds plausible to me just with like the 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 year it took place and the the circumstances set up and like the the whole the 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 language stuff and like the art dealer but again these are worlds that i am unfamiliar with like i don't know shit I, about art dealers and i don't know shit about the golden girls yeah i I'm trying to think of the best way to put this so Blanche's whole thing, totally plausible, Yeah. right? So the idea of old Southern money being wrapped up in something terrible, I just assume that's true. Yeah, for um, sure. I'd like for to sure. not assume the worst, but the, the very least some of that has got to be terrible, terrible behavior. Okay, yeah. so let's assume Blanche's money is dirty at best. Yeah. Um, the art deal, yeah, I don't know. They never really mentioned, to the best of my understanding, they're, I don't believe they're actually in Miami. So, they, you know, it's a possibility that they could be and she could be moving art that way and that makes a lot of sense and you could keep the money in and out of there. All of these things make sense. Um, now, if St. Olaf is actually uh, a snowy place, if, if I may, this would make a lot of sense. Um, I'm here for this. Yeah. Um, Dorothy running numbers makes a lot of sense. And her being the no nonsense lady makes a ton of sense. Really the problem that I see on there is Sophia because I've seen stop or my mom will shoot. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't think she is the muscle. (laughs) I don't think she's the muscle. No, I don't. I like, if anything, I would argue that, she is actually the brains behind it. Yeah. Like it's, it's the, it's the old adage back and forth with the two of them. You want to know how brutal Sophia is. She basically tells Dorothy, right? They're, they're, they're going through a time and a rough time and everything else again. And she's like, through all the pain that I went through and having you, I wouldn't give it up for anything in the world. And you know, I, I wouldn't give you up. And she's, and you know, and her mom, like, she looks at her mom. She goes, and I didn't disappoint you. And she looks at her stone face and goes, a little. And <laughs> we're all supposed, right. And we're all just supposed to be like, God damn, that's brutal. <laughs> and that's the sort of shit you need to run a drug cartel. Yeah, she's, 
she sounds like she would be the kingpin. And I think yeah, like I think I I, I think <clears throat> yeah, like she would hire the muscle. Like she wouldn't want to touch any of it. Well, no, no, no. The idea that the only one that oh. she can trust <laughs> is B. Arthur as her daughter to be the muscle, the support, the everything. Like I'm yeah. I'm talking like we're getting into a like it's it's a sunny sort of uh, uh sort of godfather vibe here. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like he's he's strong enough to lead, but not quite like even keeled enough to take charge of a situation. Yeah. So it's why all those it's why every time something goes awry, Dorothy's there standing at the doorway, just like I talked about. Where, you know, where Rose is getting sexually harassed and Dorothy's there, standing right there. Now, whether I don't see off to the side, she's got like a machete tucked into <laughs> that, to that little like, well, no, like, like that old lady sweater that they got going on, like the, like the third grade teacher nanny sweater. Yeah, Like yeah. if she's got a blade tucked in there, <laughs> we're like, the guy's like, fine, why don't you leave then? Yes, respectfully, with severance pay. That's what you're going to do. And I'm going to throw myself out of this window <laughs> yeah. over here. And a pension. Um, a, fully, yeah. a fully raised pension. Right. Yeah. 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 So, like, these things make sense. I think he's off a little bit, and I think he's a little too tongue in cheek this way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I. It's not the most believable television thought process that I've ever heard. Um, I, would, uh, I would counter with the very short version of. You've heard the story about the Fresh Prince, right? Oh, that he's dead? Yeah, that he's actually dead the entire time, and he dies yeah. in that first fight in Philadelphia. Yeah. That total sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. his mom only comes on holidays and all that stuff. Well, both yeah. of his parents only visit on holidays. Yeah, it's, it's this yeah. very sad sort of wrapping everything up in half an hour and what have you. And Yeah. Yeah, so do, I, do, I totally do, can understand. I, yeah. I, I've never watched the show. Uh, I wonder if going back and watching the show now with this this thought that they're a fucking drug cartel in the back of my head would would add meaning to it and make me laugh harder at some of the shit. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Honestly, like they they never really reference it that way. I would I would literally like one of the drinking games that we used to have to the Golden Girls. Right, was basically you get a bunch of people and if you can give four people, it's the best. Where essentially anytime one of them zings the other one, <laughs> you take a drink. And the idea is you could get so fucked up just by having the four of them in the room, just fucking trading fucking damn, paint damn, back damn, and damn, forth. Damn, damn. Yeah. That you could get fucking drunk for people. And then what you do is you would either spin the wheel again or everybody would rotate a golden girl one oh, to the left nice, with yeah. the next episode. And if they ended with sharing a cheesecake, the people eating the cheesecake, you had to kill your drink. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Simplest goddamn Ooh. episode. Yeah. Like, so I, I would highly suggest if anyone is curious, you know what actually the golden girls is really great for. It's a sitcom that is totally safe to have around kids. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So if you see it on, you can totally trust it that way. It's it's nice. good to go. Don't have to worry about a damn thing. Don't let the kids watch Mama's Family for a whole <laughs> other reason. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. And if you haven't gone down that rabbit hole, Jamie, that is some white shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ironically, though, I think still lasted longer than, than the Confederacy <laughs> and still would probably deserve a statue more. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Fucking lost. Like, why do you... <laughs> hey, we lost. You get a participation trophy. A big participation trophy in the center of your Look. fucking town. How does that make any sense? How does that make any sense? You lost. You lost. You lost. You fucking lost. Fucking loser. Yeah, but I mean, you know, what about that big statue of Cornwallis in D.C., right? What about that? I don't give a shit. There is no statue of Cornwallis in D.C. We fucking kicked his British ass and sent him packing. That's why we don't fucking hang a statue of his bitch-ass second-place fucking Union Jack-waving motherfuckers. Exactly. God damn it. And I like the British. Anyway. Yeah. Well. We uh, like an underdog story, Jamie. <laughs> we like an underdog story. I guess. I don't like a racist underdog, but you know. Oh, they, America loves an underdog story, Jamie. Look, I'm sure that somewhere along the way, somebody will end up doing one of those feel-good action, feel-good sports movies where a bunch of Southern guys will end up calling themselves like the Rebels, and they'll end up going out and taking out the big tough team from New York City. New and- York City! Uh, yes, just like a fucking Pace Picante ad. Yeah, I'm. you know what? I, as I say it, I'm 100% convinced there's a goddamn movie about it right now out. Or, or a, 100%. Script, a script out there that's being shopped 100%, around. 100%, yes. Those, those yeah. fucking Benioff and Weiss assholes were going to do a Confederacy thing for HBO. That was going to be a thing. Okay, sure. Sure. Fucking. Sure. Uh, anyway, so uh, our that's yep. our that's our conspiracy corner. Did you enjoy the <laughs> Did you enjoy the funny the the funny TV conspiracy that, that I didn't have to explain common writer to you for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the idea of me explaining a television show to you ad nauseum was a nice change of pace. Yeah, um, yeah, not bad. Weird as hell. You're not wrong there. Yeah, I can't really buy into it too much. I don't think it has you know has a whole lot of legs, but. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for the concept. Yeah. I'll link to it in the show notes. You can read it. So everyone can read it and you can check it out and all that kind of stuff. Cause I just skimmed it. Yeah. Anytime we want to turn Betty white into a cocaine power broker, I'm here for that. (laughs) Like even now, like now, like, and genuinely like doesn't even have to be a sitcom or a movie though. Admittedly, if we come to find out that the Fast and Furious movies were actually all about drug running and it's all run by fucking Betty White, I'm here oh, for all oh, of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a better conspiracy. <laughs> it's a way better conspiracy. Yeah, like if, if we find out at the end, like Vin Diesel kicks the door down or whatever it is, and it's Betty White holding like some sort of weird biovirus up to like the side up to like the neck of, of Vin Diesel's son Brian, but yeah. Brian's like four or five years old at this point. So we're gonna find out who the new most hated kid is. Move over, kid who ended up playing Anakin Skywalker, because <laughs> this kid's about to get fucking oh. murdered by <laughs> Betty White with a bio weapon. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? That's that's what I'm gonna do, Jamie. I'm gonna yeah. spend my time just fantasy writing the next next uh, movie. We're gonna find out that's actually what it is. And fun fun sidetrack. 
Also, she's a Toretto. She's yes. the grandmother of Vin and John Diesel. She's the original <laughs> and John Cena. Yes. Yeah. Oh the, my God. the original Toretto. He's the, the OG Toretto. The OG uh, Toretto. Yes. She had to change her name because of like to escape that life, but it pulled her back in. Oh, I love yeah, it. Ex- I love exactly. it. Exactly. Brandon, yeah. if yeah. you write the fanfic, I will draw hero images for it. I, I am here for all of this where they end up going on like ancestry.com or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. you just see like the centralized question mark of somebody with that name and just an old photo of Betty White from like the 40s or something like that. (laughs) And just, you see Vin Diesel look at his phone and John Cena look at his phone and look up at Betty White and her go, yeah, that's right. I'm a Toretto. Why did you say Martha? And her name is Martha. It has to be Martha. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And she just, yeah. And she just looks at the two of them and is like, family and then injects the kid and throws him out of a fucking plane <laughs> you you need john to write cena it. punches betty white in the face <laughs> vin diesel just drives a car just right off the side of like a 747 yeah just no question vin diesel somehow going to catch his son dismantle the virus and land the car <laughs> on what i can only describe as a defunct hot wheels test track where it just like it curves in so he ends up landing at speed yeah and uses like the rotation of the car to land and like ride out and slide it out yeah like the yeah. initial I, initial d like <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent like initial d yeah god damn <laughs> You, you need to you need to write that, and I'll draw hero images, and we'll pitch it. We'll just stick it up. So, fr- friend of the show, uh, Zara, has been writing fan Raylo fanfic about them, like as a as a like a chef couple. So I've been drawing like stupid images for just to practice drawing in Clip Studio. So we could Aww, do this. We could totally. That's do That's really sweet. Look at you drawing not Nazi fan art. All right. That's- <laughs> So we could do this. You you give me some scenes, and I'll I'll draw like stupid sketches of it, and we'll post it on the internet. We'll make a million bucks. We'll pitch it. It'll be great. Uh, I'm here for this idea. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, Brandon Chalmers, where can people find you? Holy shit, motherfucker! You can damn. you can find me writing Fast and Furious fanfic <laughs> on Instagram at that guy Chalmers. Jamie Naguchi, where can they find you? Instagram, uh, Jamie Naguchi here. Uh, wherever you found this podcast, Twitter, Angry Zen Master, where I post art and I post politics. It's like art and politics. It's a very weird feed. I hate this. I hate this. Look at this drawing I made. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Which ironically is basically what the podcast was. Yeah. You can find a Seuss also on my Instagram feed. Oh, Seuss. Seuss makes everything better. Yeah, uh, big dogs always a lot of fun. Big dog. Um, Jamie Noguchi, I assume it's going to be at the top and the bottom, but I remind everyone again: Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter. Happy Pride Month, y'all! Um, make sure to go out and support. And uh, please, as a reminder to you, please, 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 do your research before you buy merchandise from retailers. Supporting things and make sure that they are legitimate and not just trying to grab for a bit of a cash grab given what's popular seriously yeah. support small business try and go to etsy try and at least do your due diligence if you're going to support a large company make sure that you know what they stand for yeah bye kids be excellent to each other party on dude. <laughs> they're making a new movie why is it you and I have to do it. Yeah, I know, but like you can't end it. Like <laughs> I, I can't do that. 
and then you go and do some whiter shit than I've done all show. Like, I wish I knew a Pat Boone tune to like fucking hum so I that I can Luba. try and I make. Bam, boom. Oh God, I forgot he did that shit. Yep. Please yep. end this. Oh, yeah. All right, God. we're done. We're done. When it when yeah. Pat, when Pat, when we pull out the Pat Boone, <laughs> when it's Pat done. Boone comes when out, Pat that's Boone it. Comes we're out, done. It's done. All right, it's done. <laughs> it's done. <laughs>